Turn your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 9. Book of Acts chapter 9. And as you're turning there, what do you call Santa wearing earmuffs? You can call him anything you want, he can't hear you. What did one snowman say to the other? You smell carrots? What are, one last one, what are Christmas trees' favorite candy? Ornaments. Ornaments. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to talk about the gift of a faithful friend. I want to talk about the importance of friendship. Think of the word friend. What is a friend? Well, Webster's Dictionary says it's one who is attached to another by affection, a favored companion. And we think about it, and we search God's word, God has created us for companionship, first and foremost with him as well as with each other. Amen? We were created for companionship. We all have a desire to be known and to be loved. Amen? Look in Acts chapter 9, starting at verse 1. It's going to be a very familiar passage. And uh, just follow along as we tie it all in together. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone round about him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, What do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with Saul stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard uh, from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. 
for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Now, most of us are, are very familiar with this passage about the Apostle Paul's uh, conversion. Uh, but this morning, I want us to, to see Paul's experience through his blind eyes. Those eyes that were filled with fear, anxiety, confusion, and no doubt loneliness. Physically, at that point in time, Paul was drained. He had just traveled about 120 miles to Damascus. Remember, that's on foot. Amen? They didn't have lift back then. And just before he arrives, out of nowhere, he has this face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ himself, with Almighty God himself. And in Jesus' blinding light, we read here that, that Paul loses his eyesight. And in complete darkness, he hears a voice from heaven tell him that everything that he thought about his faith, about the zeal that he thought he was serving the Lord with, that all of that was a lie and untrue. And those Christians that he had been persecuting, the very ones that he had been putting to death, they weren't his enemies. Imagine what this man was going through. Now in that darkness, Paul must have been counting down. He, he must have been just waiting for God's judgment to fall. You just imagine how many Christians he had persecuted. How many he had put to death. How many he had stoned. For serving Jesus Christ. And now he has this face-to-face, face-to-face encounter with Jesus himself. But in those three days of darkness, no doubt, he was overwhelmed with grief. Thinking about all the Christians that he did persecute. With despair, with loneliness. And in the depth of that loneliness, God was about to reveal the gift and the power of a faithful friend. And as we consider the characteristics of a faithful friend, it's critically important that you and I, that we are this type of friend to one another. Amen? First, a faithful friend shows up. Amen? A faithful friend shows up. Think in your mind's eye of some of the friends that you've had over the years. Just think about some of the friends that that cross paths. They were there with you through the, you know, the everyday routines of life. You know, maybe they grew up in your neighborhood. Maybe they went to school with you or, you know, 
any type of those things, but one thing is crystal clear. We all had friends that went through us through the everyday routine things of life, but your best friends, they were the ones who found a way. They were the ones who made a way to be with you through those tough times. Amen? They were your true best friends. They put your needs ahead of their own. Job chapter 6, verse 14. To him who is afflicted, kindness should be shown by his friend. A true friend, a faithful friend, they're going to put their own needs on hold to help others. Amen? To help someone else. Now, I want to tell you something. 90% of ministry, you hear that high number? 90% of ministry, no matter what ministry you're in, is simply showing up. It's just being there. Amen? It's not the words that you speak. It is simply showing up. 90% of ministry is just showing up. Now, let me throw a wrench into the mix. What if God directs us to be a friend to our enemy? It's a tough one, right? Someone that we just completely despise. What if God calls us to go to that enemy and become friends? Well, let me break the bad news to you. He's already done it. Amen? Luke chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Who's the unthankful and evil? (laughs) That's us before Christ, amen? And sometimes we're even unthankful after Christ. But Jesus has called us to be good to our enemies, amen? No doubt, Ananias was fully aware of this Christian persecutor named Saul. Amen? He knew all about him. He knew his history. He probably even had Christian friends or or even Christian relatives that Saul had terrorized or, or even had put to death. And in the midst of this persecution, he hears the Lord's voice call out and he says, Ananias! And without hesitation, he replies, here I am, Lord. Amen? No questions asked. Without hesitations, here I am, Lord. And before he had any details, before he even had any instructions of what he was to do, Ananias was simply reporting for duty. He was what? Showing up. Amen? His calling... Go and be a faithful friend to the enemy. Go under this man Saul, this Christian persecutor, and be his friend. He was being sent to the one in need, irregardless of his past, irregardless of his reputation. And what did Ananias do? He showed up. He was there. Second thing, 
A faithful friend offers a gentle touch. Almost every single culture uses touch in their greeting. Whether it's a handshake, maybe a hug, a kiss on the cheek, a touch can show trust. It shows friendship. It shows sympathy. Amen? All these things from a simple touch. We look in verse 17 of our text. And Ananias went his way, and he entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul. Saul had come to Damascus to literally bind the hands of Ananias. But instead, Ananias uses those very hands to offer a gentle, comforting touch of friendship. Think about the irony there. In place of an extended hand of persecution, a kind touch is extended from the hunted to the hunter. Ecclesiastes 4.10 For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Think of Saul's state of mind before Ananias arrives. Completely blind, sitting all alone in the dark, far from home. So many questions weighing heavy on his heart and on his mind. You know, that fear, the anxiety, the regret, and the unknown. And out of nowhere, he feels the most unlikely thing. That gentle touch of comfort on his shoulder. And then he hears that calm voice say, Brother Saul. His head quickly turns toward that accepting voice and wanted with his blind eyes, just wanting more than ever to see the face of the man that would offer such a gentle, kind touch. You see, a true and, and faithful friend, they understand and know the power of a hug or a genuine Gentle touch. Amen? Thirdly, a faithful friend offers the right words. Go back to our text, verse 17. Ananias went his way, he entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he arose, and he was baptized. I believe that Saul never forgot the day when this man called him brother for the first time. Amen? How much that must have meant to him. He was sitting all alone in the darkness for three days without food, without drink, without companionship. And then he hears it. Those special words. 
brother Saul. A faithful friend always seems to know when to say the right words that we need to hear at the right moment in time. Amen. Ananias simply shared the truth with Saul in a gentle and loving way. And the first face that Saul sees when he receives his sight is a God-sent, faithful friend. Ananias gave Saul some of the most precious gifts we can offer one another. He was there for Saul. He showed up. He offered a gentle touch of care and concern. And then he spoke words of encouragement with kindness, with love, and with humility. Despite Paul's reputation, despite all that he had done, Ananias was there as a friend. Proverbs 27.9 The sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. That's exactly what Ananias offered. He offered loving counsel with all humility. Now, over the next few days, Ananias would sit with the Apostle Paul, and he shared the truth of Christ. And then he introduced him to other Christians. What a genuine love and friendship he discovered. And more importantly, he discovered that Jesus himself also loved him unconditionally. No matter what he had done, no matter how long he was doing it, it didn't matter. Jesus loved him unconditionally, and Jesus was not done with him yet. Amen. Lastly, a faithful friend will stand with you and by you. Not long after his conversion, Paul met a faithful Christian named Barnabas. Now, he had no idea that God had put Barnabas in his life for a great purpose. It just so happens that his fellow Christians nicknamed Barnabas the son of encouragement. That's what Barnabas was known as in, the, in his Christian fellowship circles, the son of encouragement. Let's get, pick up in Acts 9, chapter, uh, or chapter 9, verse 20. Immediately, Paul preached to Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed, and they said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on, uh, this, on his name in Jerusalem, and has come here for that purpose, so that he might uh, bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength, and he confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates uh, day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down through the wall in a large basket. Let's kind of put this into context here. Here Paul makes his way to Jerusalem. He just received Jesus Christ. He, he was just con uh, converted. 
His sight was regained, he was baptized, and he's on fire for the Lord. Amen? No doubt. He's full of excitement about this new faith, and he wants to tell everybody about it. His rebirth in Jesus Christ. He was longing and looking forward to talking and and sharing his testimony with all the Christians that were there in Jerusalem. But when he arrived... Things weren't quite the way he had imagined or he had hoped for. Verse 26. When Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Think how that must have felt to Paul. No doubt he must have felt all alone once again. He desperately needed a friend to stand by him. And the Lord provided once again. Look at verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road. And that the Lord had spoken to him. And how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out. Barnabas wasn't afraid to step in and stand up to his new friend. He stood by him, and he stood with him. And he never wavered in his support for Paul. That's a faithful friend. Amen? Proverbs 17. Verse 17. Simply put, A friend loves at all times. Amen? Good times, bad times. A faithful friend will always stand with you and stand by you. And we think about these two humble Christians, Ananias and Barnabas. They had a profound impact. On the Apostle Paul. Just by being a faithful friend. You think of all that the Apostle Paul would become. He'd become one of the greatest preachers of Christ. And his redemption on the cross. He would become one of the greatest missionaries to travel the world. And God inspired and called him to write. 13 books of the Bible, more than any other author, 13. No doubt Ananias and Barnabas had great impact on him. The question is, have we been that type of faithful friend that encourages And inspires greatness in those around us. Have we been that type of friend? The Apostle Paul saw in Ananias and in Barnabas. He saw the heart of the greatest friend that we can have. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. 
But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That friend is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said in Gospel of John 15. He said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And Jesus said, you are my friends. This is what Jesus has done for you and for me. He is the greatest friend that we will ever have.